We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is, 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 this Harrison Barnes. Now he's not called Harrison Barnes, but he's Harrison Barnes for today because we're uh, we're thematical. What's up, guys? He's just nodding. He's like, yeah. What's up? I've been called a lot worse, so it's fine. <laughs> we got a lot. We got finals. We got draft coming up, um, and I guess we're gonna we're gonna start. We're gonna move toward the draft to start. We'll probably get into final talk later. But I have okay. So Jack is an expert on the draft because Jack loves young players, unlike me. And I think Harrison, you really like you're really into the young guys too, right? You you're pushing for a youth movement that the Heat. Well, make. as long as the context is okay when you say young guys, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely. Damn it. I de- well, we have to make sure, man. We're, all we're doing is hearing our voices, so we just need to make sure everything's in context. I don't need like that quote being on Twitter and then <laughs> Harrison the Barn likes young guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think especially for you know teams, you can't complain about not liking young guys when you look at you know who's doing damage in the NBA and see that one team is basically made up of a lot of young guys and then you mix in some veterans to help out but yeah you gotta go you gotta go young in the nba it's getting younger faster more athletic it's the way you gotta go so the heat have the 10th pick which they kept thankfully because if had they not it would have been a disaster so they keep their pick and i guess i want to go to you jack who the hell is at 10 for them to get um well it's kind of hard to say at this point there's a bunch of guys in the top nine that I really love, I've said this before and I'll say it again, and I think there are nine really, really top-level prospects, and you have to hope that one of them falls to ten. I think Miami's biggest need is a wing right now. The three guys I look for to fall, which it may be unlikely, but that's what the Heat need to hope on, are Mario Hezonia from Spain, um... Justice Winslow from Duke and Stanley Johnson from Arizona. And if none of them fall, I would look at Devin Booker, who's a fantastic shooter from Kentucky. Well, I would fit what Miami wants. Because Philadelphia sitting at three, correct? Yes. And if somebody passes on Okafor Towns, Philly does Philly take a chance and take a third big? And yeah, cause you you made a face. Okay, both of you make faces. If if Okafor's there at three or Towns is there at three, there's a situation where he might fall one more. Does that help or hurt Miami? Well, I think Philly is 
I mean, as long as he's there, I can't see them picking anybody else but D'Angelo Russell. Like, he's the guy there. They just traded. The point guard. Yeah, they just traded Michael Carter-Williams last year. I don't know if that was just to tank more. I mean, I don't know why I said I, that's exactly what it was for. Tank. So, so more yeah. More tanking, I mean, damn it. No, D'Angelo Russell's a really good player. He might he might end up being better than the other two big guys. I mean, obviously, you big guys are a scarce commodity in the NBA. So when you got two good big guys, I don't think you really can go wrong with either Towns or uh, Okafor. But I think Russell's the pick at three for Philadelphia. Um, if he's gone, maybe, and, and one of those guys drop, maybe they'll think about it. But I think it would just be to trade. I don't think – I think they're set with um, – I'm going to uh, forget everyone's name now. But uh, – no, Noel and 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 uh, I think they're fine at, at the big position. I don't think they need to go there. I think Russell's the pick unless something crazy happens. And the reason why I ask is because I think Minnesota's projected to take Towns, right, Jack? I think you'd be more informed on that. Yeah, I think that's the um, popular opinion is that he's going to be the top pick. That's my opinion. I think I've he's heard. the best guy. I've read, scarcely, I don't know how valid this is, the Lakers might not take a big at three, which is why I asked this question. I'd take a big at two, which is why I asked the question, because I'm pretty sure Minnesota's going to take Towns, and then that leaves Okafer not with the Lakers and not with the Sixers, unless the Lakers take Russell. So that's why I'm asking, does that... Does it help if he falls a little bit or no? Because then that would mean that more wings are being taken before. Um, I honestly can't really say how much that would affect it. It would kind of mess up the whole, you know, That'd the later crazy. picks. I mean, and it's it'd be why I'm, I'm bringing it up because it's. Yeah, I think um, Okafor and um. Okafor is probably the pick at number two, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Russell. Um, and if Russell isn't there and Okafor is there, I wouldn't be surprised if Philly like tried to trade down or something, and that would just mess up everything. And if the and Knicks you, trade their pick as well, because I, what was the report yesterday of the Knicks trading number four for Ricky Rubio? Yeah, um, I don't know how valid that report is. Um I think there was also another report that somebody was talking to the Timberwolves organization and everyone he brought that rumor up to just laughed in his face. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so Knicks. It would be pretty ridiculous. I like Rubio. It would be so Knicks. It would be so It would be, yeah. Like, I can't think of a more Nick thing to do than trade the... I don't think that's happening. I mean, the Knicks botching the pick is very likely. Like, that's so Knicks. The Knicks trading it for Ricky Rubio, that's beyond. That's like, that's way beyond Knicks tape. That's really bad. Um, Vency has um, Justin Winslow, uh, Justice Winslow. How do you say his name? Justice, Justice Winslow. Okay, so, yeah, Justice Winslow going to them at four. And then they have Stanley Johnson from Arizona, small forward, going to 10 to the Heat. Do you like him better than Booker? Either one of you? Stanley yeah. Johnson? Yeah. Yes. You like him better I, than Booker? I think he's a much more versatile player. I think he has a higher upside. I think Booker right now can probably contribute more to an NBA team, but not much more. I think Booker has the shooting, but he doesn't do much else at this stage. I think he can eventually, but right now it's just shooting. I think Stanley... Um, He's talked about wanting to score on all three levels. He wants to score in the post, um, finish inside, shoot from three, shoot from mid-range. He's a solid three-point shooter, was in college. Um, He needs to work on finishing in the paint. Um, Where he's really going to make a living is on defense, though. A lot of people have compared his upside to someone like Ron Artest, which is insane. Um, Just he can be that big of a defensive force. He can't really play two guard though. He's six, seven. So, well, he's, but he's, he's long enough to, I mean, there are some shooting guards that are, that are very long and he's, he's quick enough to stay with, with two guards. I, I kind of agree with Jack. Exactly. Stanley Johnson's the better player now because he's got, he is a better two way player and he, and right away he can help you both defensively and um, on the offensive end. He shot pretty well from three last year. I think he was at 39%. Um, and he's just got to work on, uh, you know, a little more, a little better at finishing at the basket. The issue with Booker is 
He's really young. Um, Jack doesn't like his face for some reason, but otherwise... Yeah, Jack, if you, I don't know if you follow Jack on Twitter, but he's always saying he's not a big That's fan of books. Question. Of course I follow Jack on Twitter. We fight all the time. <laughs> but I, so I, I like... He, he doesn't like Devin Booker's face. No. It's, okay, well, I think he's, he's, he's learning to like it more because he's thinking the Heat, they might end up being the Heat pick. Oh, and I you, can see why. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah, get you get it. You get it, right? Yeah, I get I get it. There's something a little off. I think it's his eyes. No, he's like black. He's it's, a, his forehead, he's it's his forehead, forehead and his, his forehead eyes, and I think. His eyes. Yeah. It's like a bad well, combination. The, anyway, Booker's the second choice because you're not sure what he can give you defensively, but I like that he played a year into Calipari and a team that really did stress defense last year. And I think he's quick enough to pick up um, things on defense and that he can get better at. But how will his face uh, affect the locker room? The, the face will not have, We've had uglier people on the Heat. A lot uglier, okay? Um, Who's the ugliest Juwan. person we've had, that they've had on the Heat? Haslam is the ugliest person. Oh, no. Whoa, I, whoa, I, whoa. I think, I think Haslam looks kind of handsome with when, when he, without the corn rolls. Without the corn rolls. No. The patchy facial. No. It's just... I mean, sorry. <laughs> there have been no Sam Cassells. Oh, well, Sam Cassell is a straight-up alien, so let's not even get started have on that. Have you guys this. seen the video of the all-NBA ugly team? No, no. Okay, I'm gonna send that after because it might be one of the most hilarious things ever. And also, Anderson Verjal looks ridiculous right now. By the way, with that mustache. I mean, I I saw Sam Cassell in person at a restaurant in in Atlanta. Um, yeah, he's just as, as bad looking in person as you would expect. Like I'm sitting at a table right behind him, and I was just like, "Yo, it's Sam Cassell, man, he's an ugly guy." What do I repulse? <laughs> I don't know how you can say Udonis is the ugliest person ever on the Heat when we had. Juwan Howard's still on the oh coaching staff. God, He's got Juwan. a weird face. And Joel Anthony. No, I see. Karan oh, Butler's no, a weird-looking guy, too. Okay. Well, Karan <laughs> Butler's got a weird face. Anthony's got a really weird nose. Um, all right. I, that was just my first, like, you asked me. <laughs> well, of I cannot believe there. Harrison didn't go for the LeBron joke there. That was your chance. I don't think LeBron's a bad-looking no, guy. We, we, I think yeah. he has a black heart. I think LeBron is a black there heart. That's another story. But, but uh, I don't think he's a bad-looking guy. And he took a nice picture with me, so he was never rude oh, to me. In my Good for you. Yeah. A long it. morning almost ran me over. Have you ever heard that story? No, but that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me at all. I watched Alonzo with the game. I've never seen someone look more unhappy in my he life. He looks so serious, and I'm convinced he's not really watching the game. No, he's not he at all. He's totally half the time. He's just staring at his championship ring the whole game. He's just <laughs> like watch. <laughs> uh, and he's going to be scouting. Oh, God. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I'm not encouraged by him as a scout with just kind of looking down at his thumbs, looking at his ring. Man, he's too busy. Half asleep. Doing other stuff. <laughs> I do want I do want to ask is the heat um well, I mean this is kind of complicated because they don't really know what's going to happen with Dwayne and that really 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 changes how they should Well, I guess do you think it really changes how they should draft whether Dwayne stays or leaves? No, because see, for me, I think maybe if Dwayne leaves and you go Booker, because you could, you might be able to slide him right in at the two. Um, I still think Stanley Johnson's a better player, and depending how other things fall out, if Wade leaves and then Goron leaves, then you might have some money to go after. Maybe you could throw money at a Wesley Johnson or something after. Uh, that's not his name, Wesley Matthews. Sorry. Um, yeah, Wesley not Johnson Wesley Johnson. Is yeah, Wesley, no, yeah, Wes Johnson plays for Lakers. Wes, Significantly Wes worse. Even though he's recovering, I from actually a, think he's a free agent, so they actually might be able to throw no, money at him. No, he he. Well, they both are, but I, I meant Wesley Matthews, who even though he's coming off of an Achilles injury, is a very very good basketball player. Um, but I'm not. We can't worry about Wade until it happens, right? I mean, we could sit here and get scared and look on Heat Twitter and I'm saying that, but I'm just saying that should it affect the way they draft? Because that's kind of Jack shaking his oh. head because if because the Dwayne thing is not just Dwayne, it's Goron, and the way I look at it is, do you need a backup for Dwayne more than you need a shooter? Well, I think you can get both. I yeah. think. Um, well, because I don't think I don't think um, I don't think Stanley Johnson is that guy who can back Dwayne up at shooting guard. I mean, I haven't seen him play. I'm just looking at just you guys are more informed than I am, but looking at his size, um I don't I don't know. I don't know if he can can he ball handle? Well, I'm the worst host ever. I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> well, here's the thing about him. He's he's an okay ball handler. He's not going to blow you away. He's 
it's something to work on. He's going to have to play with Goron exclusively, kind of, right? He has an interesting quote about this, about you talking about him not being able to play the two. Um, he talks about – he describes himself a lot as a big guard. Um, he One of his quotes is, you are who you can guard, which is you know smart, especially in Spolstra's dis- positionless basketball. Um, it's really about who you can match him up with on defense, and I think really eventually he's going to be able to guard – one through four, probably. See, the only concern is is that there were times uh, last season when Dwayne was hurt that they really did not have any ball handler because then you're trusting Chalmers. And that would be my concern. And Harrison's shaking his head. But if you know Dwayne's going to stay, you go for the shooter. I'm just, I'm just posing the question, is a guy who can handle the ball at that position something that's important? You guys clearly don't think so. No, I. You just got. You really got to draft best player available because you wanna. You wanna make the best team possible. Whether no, then you might end up like the Sixers and have a bunch of bigs. No, but I, I think the Sixers knew exactly what they were doing. Like they wanted good big guys that can defend that, that can defend the rim. I mean, those two guys playing together, they don't make a I lot of sense for that. By the way, I mean, they don't make a ton of sense offensively. I guess. I guess you're gonna have Embiid more in the post and hope that. Noel can develop like a really yeah, jumper for maybe like 15 feet in. I don't even know if that's if that's happening. But you got two guys that can defend the rim, and that's a scary team to go against in the future. I think you just Noel just back up Embiid because Noel can play center, and that I mean we're just in the Sixers podcast, but that would be fun to see. <laughs> I, I think Noel's got a a little better of a shot than Embiid. Maybe I'm wrong because I haven't seen them play in over a year. But I um, I always thought Noel. Or maybe I'm mixing Noel, the two up. I, I think Noel's going to be a star. I think he's great. He was ridiculous on defense no, just for a rookie. Yeah. And he can dribble. Like, for a guy his size, he can dribble the ball, which is, I mean, it's a new Anthony Davis, Lamar Odom in that vein. Not Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom was a freaking seven-foot point guard. But, yeah, no, it would be interesting to see. What? Hey, Jack, you mentioned a Spanish guy who I don't see in any mock draft. Then, then they screwed up, man. Who's you definitely guy? see him. Who's this? Spanish? It's um, Mario Hezonia. It's spelled. He's Croatian. He plays for oh, Spain. He's Croatian. You, I thought you said he Croatian. plays for FC Barcelona. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why it says uh, Spain. Yeah. The Nuggets. Yeah, Mario. Yeah. Yeah, they have him going around the seven seven range. I love his game. He's maybe my favorite player in the draft, especially for the Heat. He's um, he can shoot the ball really well. He's athletic. He's he's got the size. He's six eight, but he can play a lot of um, two guard. I think I think he's going to start out as a two guard and eventually move to the small forward position as he grows. And Go. I think he's like a. They call him the Croatian Clay Thompson. A lot of people. He's he can shoot. He's athletic. I think he's got the tools to become a legitimate scoring threat from everywhere on the floor. Um, he can play off the ball. He can handle. That He's going to be a defensive. Like the perfect fit. Shooting guard who can shoot and can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jack and I agree. That's I think we've been talking. That's kind of our order of preference for the Heat. It's Hazonia, Johnson, and Booker. We just don't think Hazonia getting past like um, Denver or Detroit, especially after Detroit got rid of Josh Smith, doesn't seem – that likely, I think. I think he falls to one of those two spots. I think Denver's looking for a replacement for. Um, gosh, my my name's uh, uh, Daria. What the hell's his name? Guys, I'm having Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. Yes, um, I think he's the. Pro- he's got one year left, and coming off the injury, I think they'll let him walk if they can get a replacement. And does that be interesting? Well, that's yeah. I think, the, and I think he'll probably want more money. Let him walk. Because if they get his replacement in the draft, why do you need to pay the guy so much more when you can pay Hazonia a rookie contract? I mean, I don't know how much. How much is Gallinari going to go for in the open market? Because I mean, he's a small forward who can defend, but he hasn't had a healthy season under his belt in a while. You're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be amazed at some of the salaries that come out next year when the when the salary cap goes up. Terrifies me. 
but that's what I'm saying. So you're saying, oh, he can't stay healthy. He's he's been. I, mean, productive. I would sign him because I I like guys who can shoot and defend at that position and run around and be athletic. Like I think there's a value in that that you shouldn't just easily. I mean, I guess they have Wilson Chandler, but Wilson Chandler's not as good. It's going to be really interesting this offseason to see if players take a one-year deal and bet on themselves to make even more money in 2016, like a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge or somebody like that, or a, or a Marcus All. Maybe he signs for one year back with the Grizzlies to see. Because if these guys, if they stay healthy through the year, you're talking about a lot more money. Um, maybe they sign big contracts with an opt-out after one year or something like that. Um, because that's gonna- that, that 2016 free agency class is going to be even crazier because you have guys like Dwight's unrestricted. Um, obviously, I think LeBron's going to be unrestricted. Um, like a lot of stuff going on. Well, Dwight's got an opt out for that year. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it just shows unrestricted for. Uh, okay, I'm almost positive that he's, this is his third year with Houston. So he's wait. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I thought he. I thought he had one more season, but. Uh, I mean, ESPN has it as as 2016 unrestricted, and Kobe comes off the books. Let me, let me, all right. I'm gonna check really quick. Hold on. But yeah, so I mean, oh, my God. and the, and this Heat uh, off season, are they gonna keep Beasley? They better. Harrison types so loud. <laughs> really okay. Um, yeah, I think they have an option for Beasley, so bringing him back makes way too much sense. Um, unless Pat Riley just loses mine if Wade leaves and then everything goes downhill. But talk about the incredibly awkward situation that we might have. Um, if Goron walks, Zoran is under contract until 2016. Like, you get rid of him. Yeah, they cut him. Like, yeah, your brother's gone. We don't want you anymore. I don't know. It's kind of funny. He's either thrown in as an extra piece in a trade, or he's, you know, in Sioux Falls for the. Oh my God! Um, What's hilarious, and you just reminded me of just a trade piece. Uh, your Brendan Haywood's expiring contract is a trade piece. I completely forgot he was in the league and on Cleveland, and I saw him celebrating on the bench the other day, and I was like, "That is that is that Brendan Haywood?" And I was like, "Oh, that's right, he's there." It was funny. Yeah. Uh, wait, just to interject, uh, Giancarlo. So yeah, Dwight Howard is signed with Houston for the next two years, and then has a player option for two thousand. Oh no, you're right. It's one year, and then he has the he has the player option for 2016. I use Basketball Reference and um, hoop, uh, hoops hype to get salaries because they're both they're never they're never always correct, but using the two together, Just, you, you, get I, it. you average it out. Yes, exactly. The um, Hawks. The Hawks are gonna have 2016. They're gonna lose. I mean, not gonna lose, but. This 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 uh, off season they're gonna Demari Carroll and Millsap are are unrestricted and then in 2016 our Horford's unrestricted so yeah. there's a lot it's, of stuff going on these next two years yeah the NBA is very very intriguing it was, it was so many stories it was funny someone on the radio the other day and I never I don't know why I never thought about it because I always make fun of people for reality TV like I can't wa- I can't watch any of that stuff like I used yeah, to have a girl TV's pretty awful. I, I used to have a girlfriend that made me watch The Bachelor, and that's probably why our relationship never worked out. Have you but, seen um, That's a pretty good reality show, actually. That's, like, the only one I'll watch. Maybe I'll watch Pawn Stars once in a once in a blue moon. Is, but, uh, is Pawn Stars the one? Oh, that's Hardcore Pawn. That one's awful. Oh. I don't even know. But um, basketball, like, NBA sports is reality TV. Like, these articles come out that are complete rumors. We all flip out about it. The Heat Twitter is, I mean, just the epitome of Everyone's everyone's freaking out. We're fr- we're all we're all a little. Uh, we're probably drinking more than we normally do. What kind of what kind of troll job is Dwayne Wade doing? Because it's if it's a troll job, it's an excellent troll job. Like I just think he's. I mean, it's a complicated situation. I think Riley, Arison, they need to sit down. They all need to figure it out. I think it'll be fine, probably. I mean, not that there's... Well, there was, like, no conviction. Eh, they'll be fine. There, There's Honestly. a risk that... I think there's a legitimate risk of him leaving, but I... So I, I think it'll get figured out. They all want... Everybody wants him to stay in Miami, including Wade. It's just a matter of them, you know mending things and figuring out salary. I know people are, are, are having this cockamamie uh, way to uh, to the Cleveland story. That's ridiculous. 
Well, so I had a I had a really bad brain fart yesterday. Like I was I was my brain was legitimately off for like five minutes, and I was thinking like, oh my gosh, if all these people opt out of Cleveland, they have the money. But I completely forgot about cap holds. Like just forgot they existed. Um, so in that in Haywood. In, in that hypothetical world I was in for five minutes, it's it was a possibility. But then I my brain turned back on. Jack and I were talking recently. The one place that Wade could go and they could free up enough uh, cap space is the Clippers. Yeah, because Jordan's off the books. They can decline Jamal Crawford's contract, and they'd have just around the money that probably Wade would be seeking elsewhere. I don't think he really wants a max deal. I just think he wants the respect from the Heat, and he hasn't been getting it recently. And so that's eighteen. And I know this is like such like a stupid conversation, but no. Okay, here's the key for the Heat. It's it's not the it's not that they won't give him like the max for a year. It, the issue is that if it if it extends beyond 2016, you're cutting into room to possibly sign Whiteside or another free agent. And the Heat seem to seem to be saying that Wade, we love you for what you've done for Miami, but we don't want to cripple the future to pay you what you're probably worth to our organization. So what what I think the compromise is is giving him the max this year, which is about, I think it's anywhere between 22 and 23 and a half. I keep seeing these different numbers thrown around. Mickey will have to pay a huge tax, and then they can work out a more realistic deal for 2016 still being able to keep Drogic and Whiteside. Because if they don't come to that compromise, I can't see the Heat giving Wade three years, 50-something million just to make it. Why has four years not been discussed? Jack, dude, like, I, I, I... Has, he, has it been said that he doesn't want to play for four more years? Um, and I don't think I don't know if that's the, the thing. Year. I don't think the four years is the issue. I think what he really wants, though, is just that specifically for those three years, and then evaluate what's going on for you know past then. I think that's just all the security he wants. He doesn't yeah. care what happens past then. Yeah, Giancarlo, the, the years don't matter. Three, four, five, it really, I mean, yeah, I don't think. What, you can, it, he can get, if they don't want to give him 60 for three, they can give him 60 for four a lot easier, is what I'm trying to say. Like, but then even, down the road, he's getting paid that much money, and it's even more crippling to your cap. But, that, but that's, even, that's on but the back even, end, and I, I, I don't know, it's, you can spread even, it out a little more. But even 15 mil is a problem if you if you factor in um, Goran signing for a high salary. You want to give Whiteside whatever you think he's worth. Somebody today say that Goran should sign for 12, and I was like, what are you talking about? Miami has zero leverage there. Like, what do they have there except that they can give him the fifth year? Goran can easily go anywhere and get his four for whatever. Just max him out. He can go to the Lakers and they'll instantly give him that money. Miami's not in the position to ask him to take less. The Knicks would give him the money. Yeah, anybody would. It's also really easy as a fan to be like, you could be making 20, but you should take 12.5 for the team. It's like, would you turn down $7.5 million a year? Just like, no. So I could sit here and be like, all right, we need to do this with Wade, and he should only be making this, and then we'll give him a $12.5 million deal after. But if the guy wants $20 million, he's entitled to whatever the hell he wants. Put it this way. If you tell to say tell somebody to take an hourly rate of $7 less, they look at you like you can go straight to hell. They would probably actually physically assault you. Dude, so, like just $7 to $7 million, and I know people yeah. are ma- – like, not that it's a big deal. It's not like he, he's going to starve, but – Man, you could do a lot with $7 million a year. It's kind of ridiculous to expect anybody to take that kind of pay cut. Like, I I definitely wouldn't. I know none of us would. Most people wouldn't. And, I mean, none of us have three kids to raise either. He's got three kids to raise, and it's not like he's going to starve, but that's valuable money. Yeah, not even his. Raising kids is expensive. he has four kids to raise because then there's the love child. With that lady, so that's one, and then the two he has living with him, and then the one he's raising for I don't know what reason. So, yeah. I'm, no, I'm and, glad and he's married, and I don't know. It's just I'm glad you assumed I didn't have children because when I'm hanging out with my little brother, people think I have a kid, so I don't. Because uh... <laughs> he looked like a responsible adult. Right, right. Yeah, have you got to the help. point that you realize that you are the adult supervision, and you're like, holy shit, I'm the adult. <laughs> <laughs> that can't, that can't be good. 
I've had that realization. I've also had the realization where my friends are married with children, and I'm thinking like, what the hell would I do with a child right now? Well, I mean, what would I do? I don't know. I, I mean, I would, I would try to act responsible, but it's just, yeah, we, it's just, it's ridiculous to ask a grown person who, who, his job ends up paying him a lot of money to be like, listen, you've done a really good job for organization. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Will you take seven million dollars less a year? And oh, and. Why do people think that him signing for a lot of money is like they're just not going to win if he does? There's an assumption out there that he's bad. Letting him go will automatically make them better, but that's not the case at all. Like he's still a very, very productive Second player. Usage percentage in the league. You're just creating a void in that position that, like, in all likelihood, you're not going to be able to replace. You don't have a so then you have a great. Great four, and you just have a complete hole at shooting guard. Maybe you can sign Danny Green, but even then, you got Danny Green with Tyler Johnson backing him up, and that's okay. Like, that's cool, but it's not a championship roster. It's not better than Dwayne Wade. Danny Green's not better than Dwayne Wade. And I don't want to pick on Goran Dragic, but his highest usage percentage ever. His he's only gone over twenty two, twice. Um, once when he was in Houston and Phoenix that year, and then in two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Other than that, he's never gone over a twenty two usage percentage. So you're going to ask him without a second ball handler to go do a lot. Yeah, but the reason why Drogic is such an interesting case is because even though he's, I think he's either turning thirty. Um, he hasn't had as much run in the NBA as a normal 30-year-old, and that's why you can give him the max without a lot of issues. You're not, you're not like, wow. He's played over 26 minutes, one, two, three, four seasons in a row. He's, and he, yeah. it's, it's 26, 33, 33, 35. Like it's- right, but you got to remember, for the beginning of his career, he was – he was either he was backing up Nash or he was 17, behind 17, 17, 18, yeah. 15. The the run isn't there that it is with other guys at no, thirty years. And the reason why I think they traded for Goran is because they really liked the, the thought of Goran and Bosch playing together. They're both players that age that their games will age very well. And even though Goran attacks the rim a lot, he's so crafty at the basket that he's not taking the contact that you'd expect from a guy driving in it at that rate. And so I, I, that's why they're okay paying him. Um, but you can't talk about losing weight and expecting the heat to be as good regardless of who they put in there. Um, you're talking about a guy who's still uh, an all-star, who still puts up incredible numbers when he plays. And the thing that gets me on Twitter are the people who call him dewashed, and then they say, please come to our team. All of them. So how can he... How could it be? I mean, what is it? You just really don't like Miami at all, which is fine. I, I get the jealousy a lot. Where you know we got we got some good people down here. So, but you you can't have it both ways. He can't be washed and then you want him on your team because he's so good. It's just not. It's not a. It's, they don't go together. I don't understand. And it's like, and I would understand if you know. I understand that Dwayne plays a style of basketball at his age. Like, he's the second option. Well, he was the first option. But he's the second option that can't shoot threes at his position, and I understand that probably being a problem for the Heat. But he's been effective; like he's been really effective his whole career, and being efficient and running an offense, he's managed to kind of escape that in a way that I found interesting. Like he never developed a three-point shot, yet his efficiency goes up every year, and he scores the same amount of points as Klay Thompson on very similar amount of shots. He scores more than Clay Thompson on a very similar amount of shots. I mean, Wade's shot selection is one of the best in the NBA. That's why that's why he's able every year, even though he's never developed a three, to continually shoot at such a high percentage. Um, his he just the way he chooses when he shoots and where he shoots is. It might be the best. I'm trying to think of someone who's better in the NBA. I mean, you could say it was LeBron for a while, but he's completely abandoned that in Cleveland, um, which is fine. I don't need. I, we don't need to get on a LeBron bashing. I, I don't want to bash LeBron. LeBron's amazing. I know. Can we talk about the parabola of feelings you just had? <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably, it's probably the way I feel about everything in life. I'm a very complicated person, like um, a philosophy major. LeBron is. Um, 
he is incredible. He's one of the best players, maybe the best I've ever seen. I mean, what you know, I was still young when when Jordan was in his prime. So I didn't watch Jordan. I'm not going to pretend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, LeBron's an absolute monster, and and I don't know if he just. It's kind of, the series is so good for him as as like what he wants to do because there's no pressure on him if he who cares if he takes 40 shots everyone's cheering him on so you know there's no one else out there that you really want taking the shots so if LeBron shoots 33% and they win who who cares because what else were they supposed to do He's been put in a really bad position in that he has to take a lot of shots because who the hell else is and his efficiency is He's taking more jumpers. I don't. I don't have any empirical data. It's just. I'm just saying what I see. He's taking more jumpers. He's not getting in the paint as much, and he has less room because he's playing with the traditional big. He's playing with two traditional bigs, and he usually has one on the floor at all times. It's not something that he's been used to. And those guys aren't the pick and roll Birdman types. They're just offensive rebound, stay in the paint type guys. So I think he's not as used to that as he used to be. So. It's an adjustment period for him. I think we talked about that, Jack, with with David uh, last time he was on. How playing with another big has just been a little bit of a of, a, of an adjustment for him. I think it helps them in some aspects, but in terms of LeBron's efficiency, it definitely hurts them. I think without Kyrie, um, David mentioned it last time we did this. Just his usage is ungodly. Spikes without him. It's crazy. Um, and just it helps them win that he can shoot 33% or whatever from the field. The team can shoot 32% from the field. And they win because they've been dominant defensively. Um, Golden State hasn't been hitting some shots they usually make. Um, and they've just been dominating them on the boards. I think that's where the two traditional bigs helps is that they've just been demolishing other teams on the boards, which helps them control the pace and just get extra possessions. Yeah, it's it's been I, this series. At least, sorry, these two games have been like I've never seen anything so crazy a lot because more fun than we thought it was going to be. One, yes. Two, the isolation ball is such a bad offensive um, system that it's actually confusing the Warriors because they can't the thing about the Warriors defensively is they love to switch because they have guys that can switch no problem they can't switch if you're in isolation and so that means that LeBron's got a one-on-one matchup against someone with very little help and he's taking advantage of it the thing I think you have to watch in this series is how much can LeBron really take he played 50 minutes last game no one mentioned this because they won he was four for twenty-two in the second half, I was shooting about the basketball. To mention that, and I think a lot of that is Iguodala guard. Half of it was he looked dead, and the other half was Iguodala doesn't guard him every time down the floor in the first half. Iguodala comes off the bench, or not always on the floor at the same time, and Iguodala does most of his damage in the fourth quarter. I think he's played most of the fourth quarters, and he's guarding LeBron the whole time. And down the stretch, who has to get your offense? And who's yeah. guarding him? I think I think and- that matters. And Kerr needs to adjust because I saw the stat. It's a very, very small sample size, and I totally understand sample sizes. But the small lineup um, it's is dominating. It's, it's throughout the playoffs. Well, their small ball is incredible. But especially in this series, it's absolutely dominant. They're scoring and defending at really high rates. And Bogut, uh, Bogut's the worst player on the court in the finals, but it's not even close. That's how bad he's been. And... Kerr keeps throwing him out there thinking you know, it's going to happen. The Bogut thing, I think it – because there are there moments that – I think there was a time that in the beginning of – I know in game one, I didn't think he was awful. I, I thought in the first half he played really well. I just thought that they the Cavs switched to one big, and that really took him out of his element. But when they play two bigs, I think he's the guy you have to have out there. At least in the beginning, he really does help defensively. Um, for a little, I think a lot of Bogut's issue is that he's been injured almost his whole career, and um, this year he's actually played a ton of basketball and hasn't missed as many games as he normally does. And now they're on an extended playoff run, which they've never had for a while. So that's a lot of minutes for a guy who's constantly injured, especially with foot issues. And I think he's just getting tired out there. I think you can see it on his face the way he's playing. Um, there was that crazy play where he 
you know, jumped to what should have been an alley oop, and he ended up kicking out for the three. And after the game, he said, uh, "I couldn't even, I couldn't see the basket or something." I mean, I don't think he can jump anymore. So that's my hot take. If you want, I think Bogut's terrible, and uh, he can start the game. I think you can play him fifteen, maybe twenty minutes a game, but. Yeah, you got to go small and you you got to push the pace because the Cavs are slowing it down and that's where they're taking advantage of um, they're taking advantage of the series. Jack, I want to ask you. Um do you do you like when they use Draymond to guard LeBron because I've seen I like Draymond better when he comes to help. Um I think Iguodala's doing a really good job on him. I think no, yeah, I, and I know, but I know that he doesn't start, and I know Harris Harrison Barnes. It's really hard for him. But do you like? Um, why did you wave? Because Harrison Barnes. I, I oh, that's that right. You're Harrison Barnes. Today. I forgot. You just <laughs> that you confused waved, me. And then, and then yeah. Jack smiled and kind of put his hand up, and I'm like, "Well, what's going on? Did I miss something?" All right, I'm sorry, guys. No, no, that confused me. I didn't know if you were talking about him or the actual Harrison Barnes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Harrison of Heatbeat has a real hard time guarding LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I, I have trouble. I have trouble guarding small white guys. I, I can't guard anybody on the basketball court. So that's uh, yeah. LeBron would have fun with me out there. So, Jack, what do you think of what's, what's your what's your opinion on Draymond Green? <laughs> um, I'd have to watch watch him more closely but I think I agree with you what you said I think I, I like him more helping on him I don't know I mean nobody can actually guard LeBron one on one I think Iguodala is probably doing the best job I think after that um, I mean Barnes does struggle with him even though he's you know he's not a bad defender at all no, he's not. Um, yeah Draymond's great um, I think He's gotten a lot of soft foul calls. He's fouling. He's getting into foul trouble pretty easily, at least in game one he was. And, I mean, that hurt him. Anytime LeBron took him in the post, it was a foul. I don't think he can guard LeBron in the post. I don't think anybody can, but... At least yeah. on the team, I, I, I think Iguodala is the most equipped, but I don't think he's equipped. <laughs> I'd agree with that, yeah. Oh, Nobody's really equipped to guard LeBron, yeah. Well, and especially, and he's gotten. I mean, is it just me, or has he gotten anything he wanted in the post? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, he's been doing a pretty good job there, and that's why it's so frustrating for everybody seeing him not want to play there full time. Like, I get that it's not fun or whatever, and it's hard, but that's easily where he's most effective. Facing up, he's still a great player, but he's not that historically efficient player that we saw in Miami. And but when he gets the ball in the mid post, that is his most dangerous. Like it's over. It's he's doing something. He's scoring. Like cuz then he does get the face up game. You know what I have noticed though? He, he he has to work on the left not that he has to work on the left hand, but he should go to the left hand a little more. Because a lot of times they're just saying do whatever. I know he can make it. I don't know why he hasn't gone to it more and if you guys watch tonight, they tend to give him that left side. Same, like a lot of. I, I, it's a simple turnaround left hook, and if you hit it a couple times, then you have a fake, and then you 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 know I don't know. It just so, it seems logical. What what I've seen from the Warriors is they've thrown four defenders at LeBron in the series. Um, Barnes is not is not strong enough at all. Like he can he either bullies Barnes into the post or or goes uh, right by him. Clay and Draymond are both not fast enough, and they pick up fouls uh, like crazy between I the two of them. Clay's terrible on him. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's like you I, can I see LeBron. Don't like your guy that you need guarding LeBron because you don't want that yeah, guy. to No, I'm 100 with you. And the, but John um, Carlo, you're 100 percent right. Like the reason why um, Iguodala has been so effect, so effective, even though LeBron's still doing what he wants, is that. He's a savvy veteran. He he kind of knows when he can tug on the jersey, when he can grab him, what he can get away with because he's been getting he's been getting uh, away with a lot of stuff. On top of that, like you were saying, when Iguodala guards him, Draymond Green has helped defender. You saw that block last game. I mean, he's really good coming over and providing some help. So he seals the angle. He seals the angle to the shooter he wants. That's that's kind of why I think I know Iguodala's been playing a lot. I'd play him even more. I just don't think there's anybody. Um, 
that can that can slow LeBron down as much. And I, I I'd much rather have. I mean, I'd want saw, I'd want Iguodala fresh down the stretch. I know what you're saying to play him more, but I think the advantage he has is that he has legs and LeBron doesn't. If you start playing him more than he's used to this season, I think you start diminishing that advantage. Uh, yeah, you're right. Or I'll argue. Aggressive nod. You're like. <laughs> Wasn't meant to be aggressive. I agree, no, though. Yeah, vehement. it was a vehement nod. I mean, just to argue the other point, it's just that maybe because he's been playing less this year, he has more legs than somebody else. So, five um, straight finals, and that can't help either. I meant, I meant Iguodala. Oh, I think meant LeBron was okay. That can't help. Um, not that I want to go into predictions for Game Three because I don't. I tend to not like that. Page out of Dan Libertard's book. Um. Jack, I do want to ask you um, a couple more things about the draft before we get out of here because we're running 45 minutes. If the Heat cannot get Booker or this other guy, um, Stan, is that Stanley Johnson? Yeah. Um, what are they looking at? Are they just looking at, did they trade down at that point? or? Well, I mean, if neither of them are there, I think, I mean, it, it definitely means one of the top nine prospects fell um then you're looking at um just off the top of my head the top nine prospects would be Towns, Okafor, Russell, Moutier, Porzingis, Winslow, um Hezonia, Collie Stein, and Johnson and after that if one of those guys falls Frank, the then tank. you definitely take them no, 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 no. Not okay, Frank well, Kaminsky. You don't, like, you don't like Kaminsky? <laughs> One, I don't want a big. Two, I don't like – I don't think he has much upside. Um, in terms of wings, I like Sam Decker. If he can improve his shooting consistency, I think he can be a really special role player in the NBA. Um, I like Kelly Oubre. He's really athletic, can maybe – Upside is Paul George probably, but like, you know, he's really raw. So it's hard. He could easily be um, Xavier Henry. Speaking of Paul George, I spoke to um, Zach Harper once and I asked him what he thought Andrew Wiggins could be. And he said, the floor is Paul George. Yeah. I mean, he's just that ridiculous. Pretty good. That's how crazy Andrew Wiggins is. He's a freak. He's that just has a lot of young pieces that are nice. I think if they get Towns and I think I like Flip as a GM more than others do. I don't think he's a very good coach. I think he needs to, you know, I stop think being Flip coach. Worst move as GM is making him keeping so. him as coach. Yeah, I think that's easily his worst move as a GM. At GM, I think other than that, they have really good pieces. Huh? What'd you say? Garnett trade went went pretty sour. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible at the time, but considering they couldn't keep, uh, they traded for Al Jefferson, right? And and other stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, I don't really care about the second round, but is there anything there that they can get? Um, I actually really like some guys in the second round. I was, I literally right before I came on here, I was looking up just how to pronounce his name because I've been reading all about him. I've been watching him. But, yeah, Mom Jete or Mohamedou Jete, I like him as a possible backup center in the second round. There's also Dakari Johnson. There's uh, as another big. I'm reading Who? the 3-and-D guy, whatever that means. I guess it's threes and defender. Mom Jete? No, I don't think. No, he can't shoot. But is it, he has, He's. It says potential three and D guy. What does that mean? Yeah, three I mean, and D is uh, Demari. Three Carroll. pointers and defense. Yeah, I don't see him as that. Um, he's just the center, six eleven, big wingspan, big standing reach, um, solid hook. I think he's going to be a really solid backup center in the NBA. I really like him. I like Upshaw a lot. Robert Upshaw. Um, he's kind of got really serious off the court issues that could, you know, cause him to fall, but he may be the best defensive player in the draft. Um, other than that, I mean, I'd like a bunch of bigs in the second round or an undrafted free agency. Chris Walker from Florida is really physically gifted. I would love to get 
a potential backup big um, in the second round. The last thing I really want to ask is, what? Are, not what are they going to do with Napier, but I know that you've been really big on Napier. Not big on Napier, but more of a believer. Which one of you? I think it's you, Jack. You're you're a Napier. You, Harrison, you're a Napier believer. He's yeah, the Napier believer. I was extremely believer. low on him coming into the draft, and everybody was mad at me about it. I don't but then like everybody him. gave up. Everybody gave up on him like immediately, and I was like, "That's kind of weird. He hasn't really gotten a chance to prove anything yet." Rookie point guards are never good, or rarely good. I think he's going to be a solid, maybe a solid role player so in the future. Small. I think he still can be. I don't yeah, think I, he's. Does he, he has the, va- does he have any value? Can they move him? I don't think he has enough trade value where you move him. I'd like to move yeah. Chalmers. Why? Even though I like Chalmers. Because I don't think he's going to be needed in the future as much as other pieces are. I think Johnson or Napier or somebody can fill in his role. Oh, um, Yeah. Just, I don't think he's... I like Chalmers a lot. I would be fine with keeping him. But you don't have much trade pieces as it is. He's probably your most valuable trade piece, as Maybe sad as that is. you want him? Yeah, I think tons of people would want him for the right price. You're not getting much for him, but he's... And why would you move pro- him? Because his potential upside in the sense of he can play two guard and he can shoot. And if he figures it out again, he was a 40% shooter at one point. So, so But he's also 30, and um, I don't think you want to... And I know that, but, like, the fact that he's 30 is fucking insane to me. He played like a rookie. <laughs> he, he's Sometimes, yeah. 30. He's the same fucking guy. He's, he's absolutely the same, the same guy, guy and it's hilarious. I like him a lot. I think he's been very valuable. I, I appreciate I what he's, he's done. I think he's productive. But I think if you're packaging him in a deal to get maybe – like moving into the late first or something and getting like a DeLon Wright, who I I meant to mention this on the podcast. I want Darrell Wright back in the offseason. I think Miami should target him, get him back. He'd That's be Miami's Dwayne's best boy. shooter. That's Dwayne's boy. That might keep they're on the shoot. They're on the same shoe line. And bring Quinn um, Richardson back because they're boys too. So okay. sign Darrell Wright, draft his brother DeLon Wright in the late first. And Late. then you're good. Yeah, I don't. He's I don't know if I don't know if Chalmers is get, I don't think Chalmers is getting you a late first in. Well, I, see, I don't like Chalmers at all. I'd use Chalmers and our pick to move up a few spots to get into the to that nine. There's no way that. Why would Charlotte take him? Why not? I mean, it's it's another scorer off the bench. Exists. I don't think that's possible. What I was talking about. Is I think you Maybe can move Knicks, Chalmers. The Knicks, the, Knicks, the Knicks might take him. The Knicks will take him. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe Chalmers and the second rounder and maybe something else um, and move into the late first. That's like yeah. – it's I mean, not – move – like trade him to a contender. A contender doesn't really want a late first. Some don't. And then Chalmers – Plenty of teams would like Chalmers, a contender I mean, he's who needs a backup a, uh, point guard. Darrell's brother is, is projected to go 22nd to the Bulls. Oh, no, you're not getting that high. I'm just saying get around that range and get a late first is just what I'd be interested in. So, Jack, let me, you listed those nine prospects, right? So you think Booker could easily fall to the heat. Like, you think he'll be there. Oh, I think Booker. It, it has Charlotte. It Booker's has supposed to, Charlotte. to be there. Yeah. At nine? Yeah. I think he if he fall if he's into the top nine, that's ideal for Miami, actually, because that means probably right. Stanley Johnson is there. If he's not there, like if Stanley Johnson is not there at ten, that means Booker is probably there. Either right. way you're getting one of them. I don't think there's any way that neither of them are available. Okay. Unless like Hazonia just completely drops off for somebody like that. Guy? Yeah, everyone Zingus? Everyone loves him. I've heard the I've heard pro, the comparisons. If he's uh, there at ten, I'd love to have him. I Chris think he'd be BPA. Chris Taps, how do you say his name? Chris Taps Porzingis. Yeah, that guy is, good. Stretch four. Yeah. Um, yeah. he's a but lot of people don't like him because he's Pistons. he's a skinny nineteen-year-old seven-footer. He makes perfect. Sense um, he shoots apparently. Yeah, he can shoot. He's really talented. I think he his upside. Everybody's saying. 
um, a bunch of GMs say his upside's Kevin Garnett, which I see whoa, it kind whoa, of. Whoa, whoa. No, that's a best case scenario. That's not. He's not going to be Kevin Garnett. He could just as easily be nothing. He could probably more. He would more easily be nothing than Kevin Kevin Garnett. But the point is, he has the tools. He's super talented. He's really athletically gifted, just in terms of you know height, length. He's quick. He's just once he puts you know weight on. I think he can be a really good player. If he's there at 10, I think Miami has to take him because he'd just be obviously best player available. Yeah. Now that we're See, on the I, subject of young... Oh, sorry. Go, Harrison. Pardon. No, I was going to say that I like the Heat a lot at 10 where we are because I think worst case scenario, it's Booker. Um, if if one or two guys jump into the top top nine or that we're not listing, because Jack and I have been on the same page a lot, which is so weird. I'm like starting I'm to freak out. Jack hates Russell Westbrook. I will never be on the same page. No. Well, okay. Well, I'm not a big Russell Westbrook. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not following you guys anywhere. So... What, the guys I'm hearing that could jump in if they if they end up really liking them is like I'm not a big Frank Kaminsky fan, but I know some other teams do. And the other guy is Cameron Payne, the point guard from Murray State. He's had workouts with the Lakers at two. He's had a workout with the Kings. Uh, Kings are picking fifth, I believe. Fuckers, watch! Oh my god! So yeah, oh, everybody. Uh, well, so let, so if, if one or both of those guys get in, I mean, you're talking about the Heat kind of having their pick of the litter at uh, at ten. And that's kind of what you got to hope for. You're going to be watching this draft being. Listen, they're banking you know, on the go- Knicks doing something stupid and then making everything else. And the Man, Lakers. I, By the way, I mean, the Lakers and the Knicks are in prime position to do something stupid to make this work out for Miami. We joke about the Knicks doing something dumb, but they're going to end up picking Winslow. Winslow's still going to be the best player available at four, and he, he, fits, he fits their team. Count out the Knicks. <laughs> I just can't and imagine them not. With his on drugs tweets. Like, that guy's <laughs> running the Knicks. Yeah, basically. Um, I think just if if I think three teams, if three teams do something really stupid and take not the top nine guys, then you get probably Hezonia, and that's perfect situation for Miami. Yeah, that's all I'm banking on. Like Nick's taking Lyles, Trey uh, Lyles, and then you got like Cameron Payne coming up, and then somebody will take Kaminsky or Booker maybe. And then what if Orlando trades? I've heard Bill Simmons say this, and this actually could affect the draft. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think it's fun. If the Magic trade Vucevic and the fifth pick for DeMarcus Cousins. That'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. That would completely change the draft as well, because then the Kings would pick at five and six. They'd keep their Chinese point guard that it's predicted to go to them. And then with the fifth pick, I don't know if they go Willie Cauley-Stein. They might go somebody else and change the draft again. Well, then what? Orlando would have two picks back-to-back? Oh, the the Kings. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait. The Kings have back-to-back picks? Yeah, yeah. They would give Vucevic and the fifth pick for DeMarcus. So then they would pick five, six, the Kings. Well, then they'd probably go. I would say they'd go Willie Cauley-Stein and uh, and uh, Cameron Payne. Because they they'd have probably... Willie Cauley-Stein going at fifth to Orlando. Yeah, I think Willie Cauley-Stein's in there. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's the they Kings. Have Cameron or... Payne going fourteenth to Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's where a lot of people slot him. But I'm telling you that he's he's had workouts with the Lakers. He's had workouts. He's gonna with rise. The yeah. Um, if people- he rises, and if a, and if a team does something stupid, then you have that 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 European guy whose name I'm not even going to try to say who can shoot and is really tall, fall and Booker and Johnson. So the Heat, if, if the Heat have the pick between the three of them, who do they take? Booker, Johnson, and Porzingis. Yeah, I don't think Porzingis would be there. I think he goes much higher than Hazonia, but I think some drafts, mock drafts, have that differently. Yeah, um, and that's my bet. <laughs> we have and, uh, yeah. Neat. And Riley was in uh, Barcelona scouting uh, Hazonia about a month ago. So scouting air quotes. He was drinking. Wine. All right. Well, he was enjoying with um, Stan Van Gundy. He's drinking wine. He was with Stan. Yeah, he was with Stan Van Gundy. That's the thing. Um, Pistons were scouting him too. Um, Chances. Here's the thing. <laughs> Hi. Don't you draft him. Um, Don't offer Dwayne any money. Here's the thing. If those guys are there, just 
say Hazonia, Johnson, Booker, and Porzingis are there. That's not going to happen, but just hypothetically, Hazonia one, um, Porzingis two, maybe, maybe Johnson two. Those guys are, it depend. Um, and then and, Booker. And Riley, Riley would go the American product over the year. Not, he, I think, I think Hazonia is the best player there, but I think if you're deciding between Porzingis and Johnson, Johnson's a pick just because. Played I don't think I don't think he's going to avoid Hazonia, which is, I think that's what you're saying. And yeah. then Porzingis, <laughs> I think he might avoid Porzingis just because he's like extremely, extremely um, prototypical European prospect that you avoid. Yeah, and if we get Hazonia, then you can get rid of Mario Chalmers because you can't have two Marios. So um, whoa, yeah, or it'd be really cool. Want a third Mario? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough. Uh, Mario, Mario backcourt. Now I need this to happen. Mario to Mario. Eric Reed's gonna have so much fun. Co- oh no, who calls him Mario? Tony, coach, coach Fiorentino. Mario. Yeah, I, the I, funny I saw, thing is, I saw Jose Pineda on Saturday. He uh, he lives in the same neighborhood that um, well, he has a beach house in the same neighborhood. My family has a beach house. That guy has lives it up, man. That guy lays on his boat. He goes fishing. I asked him, uh, how are you enjoying your vacation? Oh, you know, I'd, I'd rather be working, but uh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> He's fun. I like him. Was that a douchey name drop? <laughs> you guys went quiet on me. I thought you were going <laughs> to... The beach house just dropping. Just yeah, I mean, my family's I'm beach at, house. I'm at my parents' beach condo. I can show you if you guys want to see. I mean, if, you, if we're starting to brag about where we are. Mine's not as probably not. I went paddleboard. I'll send you guys a picture after, and you can you can all down, uh, down. And Jack, why is your camera so like the quality is like a lot better than ours? My camera? Yeah, do you have a special camera? No, it's just my laptop camera. Oh. Um, I think his is his is fuzzier than than our two. The really? one that I'm. Yeah, the yeah, lighting's probably really door. bad because your lighting's not great. This doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm kind of like. I don't have any house lights on, but, like, the windows are coming. If you were to see – I'm in the middle of packing. I'm, I'm going to the World Cup tomorrow. So, like, if oh, you were to cool. see, my room's, like, just, just shit everywhere. Where Where is it in Canada? I don't even know. I'm going to Winnipeg. Uh, well, I'm going to Toronto, spending time in Toronto, then I'm going to Winnipeg. You gotta you gotta hit out Alberta, uh, Alberta if you got time. That's the best That's the best province in Canada. Where is that? Like, it's got to be right next door. Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, right? We only have a couple days, but I'm, I'm really excited. Have you guys been to Canada? Yeah, a few times. I've briefly been to Vancouver, but oh, not much else. Yeah. Yeah, I've done, I've done a lot of the provinces. I think Alberta's my favorite. It's a really cool Banff and Jasper. There's some cool cities in there, especially in the summer when you don't freeze to death. Oh, I'm so excited for, like, really nice weather. So, yeah, guys, we've gone, we've gone an hour. So um, that's that's our draft preview, if you will. Probably be on after the draft and around free agency to talk stuff. Um, our, our website's going to launch again around August-ish. So that's going to be cool. Brand new stuff. Professional um, web designer doing, doing stuff. New content out. Um, so, yeah, we good. Did you want predictions tonight or no? No, God, no. Where is blown happen. out? I got that prediction. No, you, the, there's no upside to you doing prediction because the people, every, whoever listens to this, is gonna probably listen tomorrow. Watch our analysis of the whole game be completely wrong and like Harry <laughs> shuts LeBron down. So make so make your let's do predictions for the rest of the series. Then we got we got five games left max. We'll do. Who you I got? think there are two scenarios that can happen. I think it either goes complete last year Spurs. Oh, not like one wins or the other no, no, wins. No, no, I'm not going that no, like Magic Johnson. Make a stance. Pick a stance. Pick a stance. Not not one of two. It's going to go total Spurs last year. Warriors win the next. That's what I thought was going to happen. Next three. I, yeah, I mean, I picked Warriors in five before the series. So there's no reason to change. I mean, I obviously will have to if the Cavs win tonight. But um I mean, the Warriors are the better team. They just their offenses look terrible. So hopefully, they you know spent the last day or so fixing that. Um, you guys hate watched. <laughs> I didn't even watch all of it because I just Jack's was, tweeting Mad Men the whole time. I was really oh, upset yeah, with I, that game. It was so boring. 
it like nobody was scoring that whole third quarter. It, it was one of the worst close games I've ever seen, and that's an unpopular opinion. Jack, but <laughs> to a TV show, if you're tweeting the whole time, that's my question. That what? Mad Men? Mad Men moves slow, so I can... Episode. How are you paying attention to it? No, I've done that. I've live-tweeted anime. And sometimes the anime don't, moves really don't fast. Don't say these things out loud, man. Those are things you keep to yourself. <laughs> I, I take pride, okay? Listen, I already have my anime all set up for my flight. I'm going to watch Spice and Wolf. I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's not, that could be seen for me. I think porno, but you said. Why do people think that that's anime? It's not because they're not they're not that far apart, honestly. No, yes, they are. <laughs> I think you think all anime's fan service. Okay, it's a misconception. Uh, yes. Oh, and Harrison was hoping that I die in a tragic car accident today. By the way, that is not even close to. <laughs> that was. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.